So in just a little bit, we're going to actually have a candlelight moment. And if you did not receive a candle or you didn't pick up a candle on the way in, just look at somebody near you that's smaller than you are and just take theirs. Because that's kind of the spirit of Christmas, right? Uh, If you need one, we have some in the back. If you need one, just raise your hand. If you need a candle or if you're immature, you need a glow stick. I was a, yeah, John, I'm with you, man. I was a pyromaniac, right? Like I got in so much trouble lighting things on fire as a kid. I was that kid. I know that's hard for you to believe. Maybe it's not hard for you to believe. Nothing says, nothing communicates or demonstrates the love of God for us, for mankind, more than the incarnation. And that's a, that's a word that we don't use frequently anymore, this word incarnation. The word incarnation simply means God becoming man, taking on flesh. The word carnal is in there. That God would become a man is simply astounding. Matthew says it this way in the first chapter, verse 23. He says, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. I love that word so much because it says this, which being interpreted is God with us, God among us, God one of us. How do we even begin to wrap our brain around the God of this universe taking on flesh and becoming a human? Because we are a mess. We are, our lives are a tangle of doubt and fear and pain and pride and discouragement and sin and neediness. And that's what he came into. That's what he wanted to be a part of. And I love the fact that he doesn't ignore that about us. God said, I'm going to jump right into the middle of all of that. And he didn't just like dwell with us. He didn't come down as some, some orb or aura that sat amongst us and we stared at him. He became a man. He became human. That is the incarnation. Divinity clothed in humanity. God becoming flesh. Madeline Leangle is a beautiful writer, and she wrote this essay about the coming of God as man. And I picked one paragraph out, and she says this, Was there a moment known only to God when all the stars held their breath, when the galaxies paused in their dance for a fraction of a second, and the word who had called it all into being, went with all his love into the womb of a young woman. And the universe started to breathe again. And the ancient harmonies resumed their song, and the angels clapped their hands. God becoming man, but so much more, He came with a purpose. So it wasn't just that he came to dwell among us, to be one of us, to be here with us. 
He came for a purpose. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. We know that. He came to do his Father's will. We know that. He came to be with us. Luke chapter 4 records this event in the life of Christ that I love. Jesus, if the beginning of Luke chapter 4, Jesus goes and he, he is tempted of the devil in, in the wilderness. And he is successful, comes back, and he goes into the temple. And the way that it would have been set up, there would have been people in rows around the perimeter all facing in. There would have been a table similar to this made out of solid stone, the, the, the top of it would, and there'd be grooves chiseled out of each side of it. And the person who was speaking would take a scroll, right? And they would put the scroll on this table and unroll it. And then the two sides of the scroll would fall into these grooves and so they could read what was in front of them. And so Jesus picks up a scroll and turns to the book of Isaiah, which was written over 700 years before his birth. And he reads from Isaiah and he says, this is why I am come to you. We don't have time to read the entire thing that Jesus said, but there's some dialogue there. And here's what he, he quotes Isaiah by saying this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So think about him, he's coming in flesh, he becomes a human, he's about 30-ish years old right now, about to start his ministry, and he is proclaiming, this is what I'm here for, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and in recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. So here's his five-point outline. He said, I'm come to give good news to the poor. That's me. I'm come to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to provide deliverance to the captive and sight to the blind and liberty for the bruised. That's us. The poor, the brokenhearted, the captive, the blind, the bruise. Jesus entered this world of sorrows to accomplish the healing and salvation we need to bring light into this darkness. We live in a world that needs him desperately. Grief happens. Pain happens. Sin is celebrated. But I love how God doesn't ignore it. God is not sitting up in heaven judging everything. God dwelt among us. God is a, a very present help in all of this. I love, okay, not only does this world need it, but we need it and you need it. You need him to dwell with you. God doesn't ignore the reality of the situation of this world and God doesn't ignore the reality of your situation, your life. We don't have time for each one of us to be able to communicate the grief that we all feel. Let's pray for this child right now. Because he's about to experience some grief, right? But I am confident that the older you get, the more you have experienced sorrow and pain and grief and misunderstanding. And God doesn't run from that. God sits there right in there with you.
God with us. He doesn't overlook it. He doesn't ignore it. He doesn't even judge it. Like God is with you in that. He loves you enough to be with you. There's nothing more he could do to prove his love to you than he has already done. And while evil casts a dark shadow in this world, darkness cannot withstand the presence of God in our lives. The person of Jesus, the light of this world, light just has to do what light does, and that is shine. And when light shines, then darkness scatters. John 1 says this about Christ. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has overcome it. The darkness has not overcome it. God is with us shining light into our lives. So, so you're, you're in one of two categories this, this evening. So you either have the light because you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And whatever you are enduring, whatever you have felt, whatever you are going through, that light has the capability of shining in that darkness. The reason it wouldn't is because it's either hidden or it's not being reflected. So you have that. Or perhaps you have not had the opportunity or you have not taken the opportunity to get to know God, to, to allow him in. You need the light in your life. Maybe you don't feel connected with God because you're not. Maybe you don't feel near to God because you're not. And you need that light in your life. You, you need that connection with him, and that's why he came. He is interested. He loves you. He wants to dwell among you. And we need to share that light. Like we need, it's powerful. Like the light that God has given to us is powerful in this world. So, so the two things, like allow the light of who Jesus is to dwell in your life and remove the darkness. And then in the world that you live in, those folks who you call your family, your friends, that world that God has given you, your intentional family, allow the light of who Jesus is be reflected in your life I don't think we're as good as we think we are at doing that. But I really feel like that's who we are supposed to be in this world. So we celebrate the light of the world coming into this world and into us. And as the light shines in us, it overtakes the darkness. And our responsibility is just to shine and to share that light. You all have a candle or a glow stick and uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to stand and we're going we're gonna to sing with, with the band up here, just silent night. It's going to be a beautiful moment. I'm excited. I love this so much. Just don't set anything on fire. That would, that would create a distraction. We're going to stand and we're going to sing. And uh, the men will come. They're going to light, light their candles. They're going to go down each outside aisle. And they'll, they'll light the candle of the person on the far outside of each aisle. And then you just light the person's candle 
next to you all the way across. And it's amazing how much light can be shared and light can be shown with such a small thing. Let's pray and then we'll do this. Father, we love you. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for allowing the light of the world to dwell in us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be that light for somebody else. And I pray, Father, that you would be real to us and in our lives as you dwell in and among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together.
You know what I love about this is that the light didn't have to shout to be shown. It's just shown. And as you think about the influence that you have on those around, it's subtle. It doesn't take a lot of your mouth. It takes a lot of your life. And that's what we're here for. And if you look at the difference in this room, the beauty of this is not because we're making a lot of noise. It's because we're letting our light shine. And we're, that's, that's who we are to be in this world. That's who Jesus was when he dwelt among us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for this opportunity to pause this picture of what it is like to be a light in this world is powerful. And I pray, Father, you would help our light to shine. In Jesus' name, amen.